And so if I'm going to make a decision what to do with your funds that you donated to Leket, I'm going to use it to provide healthy, nutritious food, which is more important to give to the poor. We, we therefore focus our energies on two areas. First, how we started, which was cooked meals. And there we work very, very closely with corporate cafeterias, event halls, hotels, the Israeli army, to make sure that excess meals, not that we're on people's tables, that excess meals that maybe were in the buffet or even better were never served at all, will be picked up primarily by our drivers in refrigerated trucks and sometimes by volunteers in their own cars. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20 Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and tech to peace and is in proud collaboration with Secret Chord Ventures, J Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. This episode is about a very special organization that is helping lots of people and a very special leader who runs this organization for many years. Meet Joseph Gittler, the chairman of Leket Israel. Joseph formed Leket Israel in 2003 as a one-man food rescue project, which has since grown into the largest food bank and leading food rescue operation in Israel. Leket Israel provides food and nutritional support to, get this, more than 223,000 needy Israelis weekly through its partnership with 260 nonprofit organizations serving the poor. Joseph Gittler, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for being here, Joseph. Uh, your work um, being the chairman of Leket Israel for almost the last 20 years. Uh, I'm so excited to hear about you know, Leket, the journey, um, you know, what, what you're doing there to help nonprofit organizations in Israel. Uh, the, the, the largest not food nonprofit organization in Israel looking at food scarcity, looking at different solutions in the Israel ecosystem for, for food. You know, even before we dive into Leket, tell me a little bit about yourself, your, your upbringing, and what leads you to, to do this incredible thing. Sure. Okay, so I grew up uh, in New York till the age of 15. Then we went just a little bit over the George Washington Bridge, continued in Teaneck, New Jersey. Then I got married to my wife, Leela, who's from Toronto originally, and went back over the George Washington Bridge and lived in Riverdale, New York. Uh, I was brought up with the ideal of moving to Israel, which many, let's say, modern Orthodox Jews in America are brought up that way, but very few actually take the plunge and move to Israel. My late father used to say to me, that of all things is what you're going to listen to. But that's what happened. We decided we wanted to go. And so we've been living here in Israel for the last 22 years, um, very happily. Uh, we don't regret our decision. I would say it's certainly from my point of view, and I would say my wife also, based on her career choices, is dramatically different than I think <laughs> what we would do if we'd stayed in North America. I'm sure. I'm sure. And your passion for, for food, nonprofit, impact, where, where does that stem from? So I don't, I don't know if I have a passion for food, but I have a passion for not wasting food. Uh. Okay. 
I like a good meal like anyone else. Uh, I appreciate good food. I understand the social aspects. I like the social aspects of sitting and eating food with friends and family. Um, but I'm not a foodie in that sense. I'm fortunate that I'm very spoiled. I don't help much in the kitchen. And I have a fantastically amazing chef in my house, my wife. So um, so I eat well also. Um, look, I think for me, it was just coming to Israel with certain expectations um, yes, I came in 99. It was the height of the first tech boom in Israel, right? We've been through at least another one or two cycles uh, since then. We hope it'll, we hope it'll, this one will survive better than the last two did. But coming here with certain expectations and what I expected from the country. And, uh, you know, sadly, I learned that Israel is very, very similar to other countries. You know, we can call ourselves startup nation, which we may be, and we have wonderful things going on here in the economy, that unfortunately, uh, with all that brilliance, we haven't figured out how not to leave behind 15 or 20% of the population who are struggling to make ends meet. So really in my life, I was working here. Uh, we, we, our family has a software business here, and I was working, and I just saw the you know, the land of milk and honey on the one hand and the amount of food and the quality of the food. And it's only gotten better since I moved here. And on the other hand, the people struggling to make ends meet in a country, you know, getting richer by the day. And that's such a painful thing. You know, nothing's more painful. Well, starvation is more painful. And thankfully, we don't have that in Israel. But a very painful way to live life is always seeing you know, what others have that you consider basic necessities and you're struggling to get those. And so my decision a little over 19 years ago was to try to put those two together, make sure all this excess food in the land of milk and honey wasn't going to waste and making sure it got to those people who were struggling to, cut, to keep up with Startup Nation and all the expense that that's brought to our country. Wow. And so tell me a little bit about what you've observed about the Latin, the ecosystem and the opportunity that you saw with the formation of Leket, Israel, or previously table to table. Right. So, I, so, okay. So ecosystems that, you know, that's a real tech kind of word. But if I think about the ecosystem we're in, I think about volunteerism. I think about okay. philanthropy. I think about government support, government regulation. I think about corporate support. You know, it's, it, a lot of things are not different than business per se. Tech also is concerned with government regulation, but from a different aspect that I am. Unless you're in the, if you're in food tech, then you have similar concerns to concerns I have about, you know, producing and moving food as an example. But, you know, the ecosystem is the third sector in Israel. It's a very large sector, no different than the United States. 15, 20% of the economy is in the third sector. You're talking billions and billions and billions of shekels a year hundreds of thousands of Israelis who live in this sector. You know, it's a sector that sometimes gets a negative rap, meaning people who work in that sector do that because they couldn't work elsewhere, which is, of course, I've seen over the last 20 years preposterous. There are people who've made it in the for-profit sector who then decide to bring their skills to the non-profit sector, but there are also many talented people who make a decision to work in the third sector, which frankly is trying to solve the world's most difficult problems, but with a lot of limitations, most importantly, limitations 
on how much they can get paid. <laughs> right. Imagine if you push that to the high tech sector, what people, what kind of quality of employees you would get. And so, you know, so that's one aspect uh, of the ecosystem. It's a big ecosystem. And the other I would really say is I think about volunteerism, and that's where we differentiate uh, likely from a lot of the other guests you have on this show. And that is the nonprofit world gets a lot of things for free. Okay. Yeah. So the like it has 30 to 40,000 volunteers every year helping us. Wow. Vegetables in the fields, helping us repack those fruits and vegetables for ultimate delivery to the 250 agencies we serve. That's just, uh, that's one big difference and a big piece of the ecosystem. The other one, and I'll take again a term from the tech world, stealth mode. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's a term that exists in the charity world. Right. The other thing about charity is not sharing our financial donor lists. They appreciate stealth. We don't want us sharing their names and contact information with other charities. But everything else is a beautiful sharing world where, you know, Leket is part of a international ecosystem of food banks who share with each other. I'll give an example. We just had a mission to Israel and the Global Food Bank Network, which we are the Israeli representative of, sent food bankers from Kenya, Ghana, and the Philippines to learn from Leket, see how we do things, and take some of that home with them. And we learn from them, and we learn from food banks throughout the world, and everyone shares their information very readily, which makes the, you know, the, the world I inhabit very pleasant in many ways. Incredible. So take, tell me a little bit about Leket as an organization. What, what does the model actually consist of? Okay. So Leket is quite typical in its model. We're an umbrella organization looking for sources of healthy, nutritious food that would go to waste and distributing that to a network of nonprofit organizations throughout the state of Israel, both Jewish and non-Jewish alike. So the, the uh, build, you know, the, the, the umbrella aspect, that's quite typical. If you take any major food bank in the United States, that would be their structure as well. Um, the difference is what we do and how we do it. So Leket happens to focus only on healthy food. We don't have a problem with unhealthy food, and if we had all the money in the world, we would pick it up, but we don't. And so if I'm going to make a decision what to do with your funds that you donated to Leket, I'm going to use it to provide healthy, nutritious food, which is more important to give to the poor. We, we therefore focus our energies on two areas. First, how we started, which was cooked meals. And there we work very, very closely with corporate cafeterias, event halls, hotels, the Israeli army, to make sure that excess meals, not that we're on people's tables, that excess meals that maybe were in the buffet or even better were never served at all, will be picked up primarily by our drivers in refrigerated trucks and sometimes by volunteers in their own cars. Uh, we will probably rescue and distribute this year about 2 to 2.2 million meals. Wow. And is food that simply would have gone in the garbage. It's great food. And I, I, what I really love most about that food is most of that food goes directly to agencies where it's eaten on the spot and it takes the pressure off of them from either having to cook or to raise the money to buy food. So if you take a typical after-school club for kids, food is important to them, but it's not their core mission. Their core mission is education. And so 
they take the money they might have for food they can buy every kid their own laptop, you know, uh, pay for their driving lessons, whatever it be, things that maybe we take for granted, um, they can now provide to those kids as well. So that's side A of what we do and the impact. Side B, which is much bigger and actually where our Hebrew name Leket comes from, which is gleaning in the fields, ancient biblical precepts. Um, that's the work we do with farmers, which is, you know, the cooked food people understand more. There's always excess. You never know if you're going to make enough. We've all been through that in our own homes. Fruits and vegetables is a far, as a percentage, maybe smaller, but in bulk, a far larger issue. Um, in Israel, we estimate three to 400,000 tons of fruits and vegetables goes to waste. We are breaking all our records this year. We're going to do 30,000 tons, which is the largest gleaning operation wow. in the world. Imagine, little bitty Israel, biggest operation of its sort. Part of that is the weather, the growing cycles, the effectiveness of our farmers, all the volunteer spirit I spoke about. The reasons, which I think are most interesting, so it's market price. Sometimes it doesn't make sense for the farmer to pick it, even after all their hard work. You have order cancellations. For example, Reckett took in this year about 2,500 extra tons of <laughs> potatoes and carrots that were destined for export to Russia. Wow. Right? That's happening. So you have acts of God, ugly fruits and vegetables, if you've heard that term. All these things come together to create mass waste. And again, the waste is massive, but per individual farmer, it might only be three, five, 10%. So when you come to my distribution center last week, you would have seen a hundred cardboard boxes of grapes. And to you and me, that looks like huge amounts. But for your typical grape farmer, if it's 1% of their crop, they're doing great. So it's a mm -hmm. nice example of everyone benefiting. And of course, for Leckett, getting high quality fruits and vegetables to the poor is, is a game changer for them and for their nutrition and just for, you know, how they feel about themselves. Wow. So what does the logistics of something like this look like? I mean, that must be quite a handful. So that's essentially, Leket is a not-for-profit logistics company. Okay? Right. The benefit of tens of thousands of volunteers, but in addition of our 120 employees, probably... 90 of them are involved in logistics, either as truck drivers, uh, forklift operators, volunteer coordinators, food raisers, all working in concert. But yeah, it is difficult. I'll, I'll explain also why it's extremely difficult, even in relation to corporations. Mm -hmm. You know, a corporate making yogurts, they may get their um, estimates wrong on how much they're going to sell, but they know how much they're going to produce or what they'd like to produce. Leket, after 19 years of experience, we have a good sense of what's going to come in, but not a perfect sense. And so that makes things complicated for the agencies that we serve. You know, what can they expect from us? It also makes things complicated for our logistics. So you can imagine when these 2,500 extra tons came in uh, that were destined for Russia, uh, that added hundreds of thousands of dollars to our expenses unexpectedly. It's a good problem to have. The difference is right. in the world, if you're selling more, <laughs> you have more income. Usually that's a positive, right? Unless you're selling something below cost, then it's a negative. Sure. But the other 
you know, we expand, where's the money coming from? And so that's, you know, often you hate to say it, but often in the nonprofit world, the biggest challenge, especially when you get to be big like us and well-known and I think well-run, our biggest issue is simply just resources. You know, we don't have like in the, again, I, yeah, I'm not a tech expert, but you know, if you go to your world, the startup world, let's call it, okay? Um, when you're a successful startup, you raise money. That gives you runway. Maybe it's not enough, but usually it's for a year, two years, three years, whatever it is, gives you time to develop and sell your product. We don't have anyone who says, okay, Lekka, your budget's $25 million. Here's $75 million. That'll cover you for the next three years. This doesn't work that way in my world. We're scrappy, scraping by in the trenches every single day, trying to raise the money from foundations, from wealthy individuals, uh, small donors, big donors, online campaigns, partnerships, corporate support. You know, that's we're a sales organization. That's what everyone else in the organization is 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 doing is trying to make sure we have the resources to run this big gorilla that we're managing. Incredible. And so how do you even deal with a situation like that where you now have an opportunity like you, the one you presented, how as an organization or as a leader of an organization, how do you innovatively deal with a situation like that? Because you must have some, you must have to be extra innovative and extra creative to be able to deal with this. You don't have the luxury of just saying, yeah, you, you know, we're just going to make even more profit out of this. So obviously we're going to be spending all this money. So, okay, it's a great question, actually. I don't think I've ever been asked in, in that way. So thank you for that. So look, let's start like this. We take great pride in trying to fundraise from people only once a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, what do you do as an organization when opportunities arise? And we've had, so over the years, we've been, we've had enough money in the bank that we wanted to take some chances. Either we could, or we could go to someone who we hadn't yet asked for money and said, Would you consider adding something on this year? We want to try X, Y, or Z. However, in the last few years, first with COVID, and now with this Russia thing, Ukraine, let's give, let's call it Ukraine thing. Let's give the Ukrainians the, the, um, you know, the smile. Sure. Um, we made decision in each of the last three years that we would go out to our donor base a second time and say to them, we have a unique opportunity. Of course, you then get grumbles from some people who say, wow, that it only seems to be on rare footing. You know, you're, you, what are you now, an emergency organization? No, but the last three years have been really unprecedented. You had two years of COVID. So let me give an example. What I mean from COVID. Leket on March 10th, 2020, was collecting around 10,000 cooked meals a day. Within one month, hotels were closed, corporate cafeterias were closed, tourism was closed, restaurants were closed, there were no events, we were almost down to zero. We made a decision to go to our donors and say to them, Leket is going to buy food. We don't buy food, but we're going to buy food now because we think we've created the goodwill with our donor base. And our agencies need our help. And you know what? We spent about $8 million in 2020 and 2021 buying meals from suppliers who normally give us food for free. And hmm. so, yeah, not what LECA does, that desperate times call for desperate measures. And again, I'm really hoping that 2023, Things will just go back to normal. Stock market will go back to where I hope it will be. Uh, inflation will tamp down because that impacts us and, of course, impacts the people that we serve. But I really want a regular year <laughs> where fundraising just goes like it's supposed to go. And, and then we don't have to go back to people and say, 
because you hate, you hate being a, that kind of a fundraiser that you're always in an emergency. We've always, we've had basically 17, 18 years where, you know, we, we didn't, our burn rate was sufficient. The money we had was sufficient to put us through what we needed to do to make our payroll. And so it would be nice to go back to that. Joseph, it's such a such a unique organization, and I love the longevity and the marathon type of the journey. And um, I, I, you can just tell how passionate you are about, about what you're doing and, and the impact that you're making. And so I really appreciate you coming on to this show and spending these 20 minutes with me, 20 short minutes that we can't uh, possibly encapsulate everything there is about, about Leket or your journey, but, but at least leaving with some inspiration about uh, what it's like uh, providing so many millions of meals to so many millions of people. I think it's just such a, such a, it's, a, it, it's, you know, one of those times where you say those numbers and you say, wow, you know, there's every number within those millions is a person who is eating, who's actually getting, you know, in Maslow's pyramid, a foundation for what they need in order to, to be a human in this world. And so it's, um, it's a really an honor for me to be speaking to you now and to, to get that inspiration and to share it with others. And so thank you very, very much for the time and the energy. Wishing you an amazing uh, Shana Tova in 2023, uh, uh, that where you'll be able to operate as normal, which is, it sounds like a, not, not a trivial wish, but definitely an important one. Whatever normal is. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank I you. I feel honored to do the work that I'm doing. And of course, anyone watching this podcast who wants to come volunteer for Leket, check out our website, leket.org. I'm Joseph at leket.org. Happy to hear from anyone. Questions, comments. Amazing. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you, Joseph. Thank you.